bless you this morning. How is everybody? Good. Have you come expecting? Yes. Expecting the Word of God? Yes. Well, that's actually what I'm preaching about, so that's a good thing. The Word of God. Yep, that's right. Um, the young people, the YPs, um, to be released now. Who's taking them this morning, James? Ben. ben. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Dale. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Now, it's a good thing when your, um, your clothes change size and they don't seem to fit anymore. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit big in this shirt. I've lost a bit of weight. I've been pounding the pavement for the last couple of months, just walking and walking and declaring and proclaiming the Word of God and reading through particularly the prophets. And as I got to Isaiah... This passage actually jumped out at me. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. Oh, sorry, we can't see it on that side. Hopefully you've got your word with you. You can't see it on that side either. Isaiah 55 verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. We're going to talk about the so is. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The Word of God. Hello, we've lost our... It's up there. The Word of God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as we come around your Word, Lord, as we look at what your written Word and your spoken Word looks like, the way it functions, Lord, the the purpose and the fulfilment of it, Lord, we just pray this morning that your precious Holy Spirit would speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of desire, words of, Lord God, fulfilment into our hearts afresh this morning. And that, Lord, you would take all the pieces that we offer up to you, sometimes, Lord, and in many of our lives, the broken pieces, Lord, and you would recreate as you speak your word in Jesus' name. Let's look at the beginning. Back to the beginning. This is before time. If I can get the right button here. Before time. John chapter 1. John 1, 1. Stay, stay there in Isaiah. In the beginning, this is before time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Without him, there is nothing. Without him, there is just an empty void. Quite often in our lives, before we come to God, we say, God, our lives just feel empty. We feel void. We feel like there's just nothing there. And it's out of that nothingness that God wants to recreate and bring again his word to our lives. Verse 14 of John chapter 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now when time began, in the beginning again, Genesis 1.1. Sorry about the curtain, you can't see that top verse there. If I had known, I would have shifted it down a little bit on the page. Genesis 1.1. I want to show you something out of creation that corresponds with Isaiah 55, where Isaiah the prophet talks about the Word of God, the function and the purpose of the Word of God, even back to the account of creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Notice that, 
the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. There it is again, emptiness. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. See, back in the beginning of time, God created out of nothing. That word there, ex nihilo, out of nothing. Since that time, God creates out of something. He takes the pieces and he recreates. He reforms. He brings rejoicing. Out of nothing, God created the heavens and the earth. And then further on in this account, in Genesis 1, verses 6 to 10, and I've just cut some verses out of here for time. And God said, God, what? Spoke his word. Who was the word? Jesus, the word. The word was with God and the word was God in the beginning. God spoke his word. Let there be a firmament or let there be an expanse or the sky. And God made the firmament and separated waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. God called the firmament heaven and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. So when God created, he created the firmament to separate the waters, the water vapour in the atmosphere and the liquid water which became the seas. Notice those two things, heaven and earth and water in between. Verse 11 and 12, and God said, notice how many times the word seed appears because I'm going to bring this over into Isaiah 55. And God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and the fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Again, each according to its kind upon the earth and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed again, according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. Now in Galatians chapter 3, you don't need to turn there, but in Galatians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the law, he's talking about the fulfilment of the law in the word coming and fulfilling the law, in Jesus coming. And he says this, he says in Galatians 3.19, the law was added because of your transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. He called Jesus the seed. Interesting in the, word, in the Greek, the word seed is translated, it's the word sperma. It's the word, now sometimes we think in our Western thought, we think, well, that's what that looks like. But remember, Shane Willard talks about form and function in Eastern thought and in Western thought. Eastern thought... When they look at something, they look at the function of it. In Western thought, we look at the form, what it looks like. But here, Paul refers to Jesus as the seed, as sperma, as the Word of God that creates new life to replace the law, the old law that would condemn the sperma. Jesus was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, creating, and now today, recreating. Now Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 11. You know over the last couple of months as I've been pounding the pavement, walking and walking and walking, 
I've been memor- when I came across this verse or this passage, I've been memorising it, memorising it. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. Here back to creation. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's the firmament in creation. As the rain comes down and waters the earth and makes it bud and flourish to provide seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that proceeds out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I desire and it will fulfill, it will accomplish that which I purpose, for the purpose for which I sent it. Notice there, back to creation. Heavens and the earth. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, says the Lord, higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the rain comes down and waters the earth and makes it bud and flourish, so is my word that it does not return to the heavens from where I sent it, but it will come down and make the earth bud and flourish and cause the seed to flourish. I'm trying to get to the next slide, Petra. The Word of God. I think we're stuck there somehow. Thank you. The Word of God, what can it be likened to? Out of this passage of Scripture, what is the Word of God? The Word of God is His ways. The Word of God is His thoughts. The Word of God is His seed. The Word of God is bread. The Word of God will not return to Him void. The Word of God will accomplish His desires and achieve His purposes. The Word of God is His desires. It's His purposes. Six things. We're stuck again. Sorry, Petra. Can we just go back to that? Thank you. His ways, His thoughts, His seed, His bread, His desires and His purposes will not return to Him void. Now here's the interesting part. What's the difference between a seed and bread? A seed is stripped back, it's out of shell, the husk is removed, it's crushed, it's ground, it's mixed, it's stirred, and then it's put in the oven where the heat comes on it and it's baked. Sometimes God places his seed in our life, he speaks a word into our life, and sometimes we feel like the situations of life have stripped everything off us. The situations of life have crushed us and ground us and it feels like we're in the oven but God wants to cause that seed, the seed for the sower, to become bread for the eater. What did Jesus say? I am the bread of life. Jesus, the Word, who was God and who was with God in the beginning. I am the bread of life. Next slide, please. Thank you. I am watching over my word to perform it, says Jeremiah. I am watching over my thoughts, my ways, my seed, my bread, my purposes and my desires, says the Lord, to perform it, that it would be that which I accomplish it to be. Thank you. Jeremiah 11.12 The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I want to ask this question. How long has it been since the word of God has come to you? 
I see the branch, I see the branch of an almond tree, Jeremiah replied. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. RSV says, I am watching over my word to perform it, to accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The written word, scripture, I want to talk about the two different words of God. It's the same, but one is scripture, one's the written word of God, and one's prophecy. What does it look like? Here's the form. Here's what the word of the scriptures look like. Next slide, please. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is something alive and it's active. It cuts more incisively than a two-edged sword. It can seek out the place where the soul is divided from spirit or joints from marrow. It can pass judgment on secret emotions and thoughts. So the form of the word, two-edged sword. Ephesians 6.17 says this, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in Psalm chapter 1, I think it's 119, Psalm 119 verses 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. A sword, a two-edged sword, the sword of the Spirit, a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Next slide, please. Function. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. And again... I have, hidden the word in, I have hidden your word in my heart in Psalm 119, verse 11, that what? Its purpose, its function, that I might not sin against you. Deuteronomy 30 and 14. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. The function of the scripture is for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are to hide it in our hearts so that we might not sin against him who sent it. It's in our mouth and our hearts to, that we might obey it. Next slide, please. The spoken word, prophecy. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, this is reading from the New Living Translation. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy, thank you Petra, no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophets themselves or because they wanted just to prophesy. It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God. Again, you must understand that no prophecy ever came just because the prophets wanted to prophesy, but it was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God. Therefore, the same when we test prophecy, when we test when somebody comes to us and says, I've got a word of God for, for you, how do we test it? The first test for any spoken word of God is the written word of God because God will never say anything different than what's in his written word. The same Holy Spirit who inspired the original authors to write God's word, also illuminated the 66 books for selection 
into the canon of Scripture for the early church fathers. The canon of Scriptures, the 66 books, means it's a ruler or a measuring instrument to measure God's Word by. That same Holy Spirit will never speak or work against himself when, when people speak the Word of God over our lives or to us today. That's the first test. I believe the second test is confirmation that, you know, sometimes when we got to get a word and we think, well, that's a bit different, just put it on the shelf. I can guarantee you every time that when you put it on the shelf, if it's a word of God, he will bring it down and bring it to your remembrance. Quite often he will bring that word again through somebody else. Let me just give you an example. Many years ago, we had um, a prophet, John Jacks, here. And when I was pastoring over in Carnarvon in WA, he's a big Canadian guy, very accurate. When I was pastoring in WA, he, we had him come up from Perth and minister there. And of course, when prophets come or when anybody comes, they call the pastor out first and usually prophesy over them first or have a word. And he said to me, he said, I see you sitting in front of your computer screen preparing messages and saying, these are great words. But the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. God, I want the anointing. And it was exactly true. He said, there's coming a season where God's going to blow upon you with his anointing. thought, wow, that's pretty accurate. Two weeks later, I was at a pastor's conference down in Perth. And David McCracken, another prophet who's also been here. There was about 300 pastors in that meeting. And he called me out. You, I want... Guy behind me stood up. No, no, not you. And then he pointed to me again. He said, this is two weeks later, he said to me, I see you with this great big gleaming sword in your hand. And he said, I see one edge is finely polished and honed, but he said the other edge is dull. I want you to know that as you give attention to the other edge and you polish that and hone that, what's that? The anointing or the word of the Spirit. As you give attention to that, so it will be a two-edged sword. He said, I don't know exactly what that means, but it's got something to do with the word of God. That's just an example. I don't tell you that for any other reason. So many times, even recently, God has placed a word in my heart. And even I had a birthday recently. Somebody wrote in the birthday card exactly what I thought God was saying to me and confirmed it just about the oil of joy replacing mourning and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And even again for jubilee. I have to wait next year for Jubilee because I'm only 50 next year. So. But God just confirmed, and so, over so many years, God will speak a word, either through a prophetic word in a, in a service or deep in my heart, and within a couple of weeks, God will confirm that. If it's his word, quite often there's words that come and they're not confirmed, and I just have to lead them. And that's what I encourage you to do. If you get a word from God, test it first. If the Scriptures agree with it, it could be the Word of God. If it comes again, it will be the Word of God. But it will always be His thoughts, His ways, His seed, His bread, His purposes, and His desires for your life. The Word of God. The Word of God. Jeremiah 18, here's the prophet Jeremiah. Smith Wigglesworth often says, first in the natural and then in the spiritual. 
first in the natural and then in the spiritual. Quite often God will show us a picture in the natural and bring it over to the spiritual. It's exactly what happens here in Jeremiah chapter 18, reading from verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Shaping it as it seemed best to who? To To the potter. We are clay in the potter's hands. Now what happened to that pot? wasn't the right pot, it wasn't the right shape, so the potter who had the right to squash it, to grind it, to flatten it, to even take the form, take the outer crust off and and flatten it and reform it into another pot. Quite often, that's what God wants to do in our life. Take off, like the seed, turning into bread, take off the outer husk, crush us, Well, not that he crushes us, but he allows situations to come our way that we would change, that we would fulfill his purposes and his desires for our life. Verse 5 there. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel." Quite often God shapes us, he shakes us, he shapes us and he moulds us into that which will fulfil his purposes and his desires. Often we get a word from the Lord and for years and years we think about what it looks like, we think about how God's going to perform it, we think about how God is going to bring it to pass. Remember when God spoke to Abraham about having a child, having a nation bearing his seed. He, tried, he waited and waited and waited and finally he tried to fulfill that word in his own strength with Hagar and who resulted? Ishmael, the father of the Arabs. Haven't the Arabs and the Jews been in quite great conflict? See, quite often when we try to work things out, we try to fulfill God's word, there comes great conflict between what is and what should be. God shakes us, he shapes us, and he moulds us. Also the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 4. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. The hand of the Lord brought Ezekiel into this valley. There were dry bones. When he looked at those bones, it was a hopeless past, a hopeless future. It was beyond any hope. They were even scattered and this army was desecrated. Quite often when enemy fight against enemy, they leave them just to die and rot in a field or or in a plain. And then years and years later, the enemy will come back and they will, just to further desecrate that nation or that army, they will scatter the bones. They will spread 
the bones of the skeletons so that they are beyond any hope or recognition. And here this is what Ezekiel saw. And he said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, he was saying, I think it's absolutely impossible. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I believe this is a word for each and every one of us here this morning. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That hope that was and is gone, God wants to bring it again. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. As I started out saying, God created out of nothing in the first place, in the first instant, at the beginning of time. And since then, he takes the broken pieces and he wants to recreate. And so I believe that this is the word of God for us this morning. And I want, there might be one word here that you can relate to. There might be one word here that God is speaking to you. There might be one word that God wants to bring again to you. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He wants to regenerate. He wants to renew. He wants to recreate that life that once was. He wants to resurrect. He wants to rebuild. He wants to rejuvenate you. He wants to recompense. He wants to repay. And he wants to return. Let me just go quickly into Joel. Joel chapter 1. Joel chapter 1 and verse 4. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, the other locusts have eaten. Right in the middle of Joel, we see this, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, rend your heart and not your garments. In other words, God wants to strip off that outside that looks good, that looks pleasing. He wants yeah. to get to the heart. Rend your heart, not your garments. Don't come to church all dressed and flashy without a heart after God. Rend your heart and not your garments. When we're looking to God to restore us, rend your heart and not your garments. Then further over in Joel chapter 2 and verse 25, after rending their hearts and rending their garments, and not rending their garments, he says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. Can I have the singers and musicians, please? Your great army that I sent among you. You know, Penny in the prayer meeting said, quoted this verse this morning, and afterward, after he restores, after he recreates, after he regenerates, after he repays the years that the locust has eaten. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God wants to refurbish. He wants to refresh. He wants to redecorate that which once was. He wants to redefine his word in your life. He wants to redesign that purpose and that fulfillment in your life. He wants to revisit his word that was spoken many years ago. He wants to reform you. 
He wants to review His Word with you. He wants you to rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in His Word. I will repay the years that the locust has eaten, says the Lord. That's His Word to us today. That's His Word today. God's Word, His ways, His thoughts, His seed, His bread, His purposes, and His desires. Let's pray. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Lord God, we ask today that You would recreate, You would revisit, You would reform, You would regenerate, Lord, Your Word in us. That Word and that hope, Lord, that seems to have gone over the years and over time and through situations. Lord, we ask that You again, through Your Word, through Jesus, Your Word, who was and is with God in the beginning, we ask, Lord Jesus, that through the power of Your Holy Spirit that You would bring again that Word. You would bring again Your written Word to our hearts. You would bring again Your spoken Word, Your purposes, Your desires, Your ways, Your thoughts, Your seed, and Lord, Your bread. And we pray, Lord, this morning that as we open our hearts to You, that, Lord, You would recreate and regenerate that which was once spoken, that which was once being fulfilled in our lives. And Lord, as we come before You, and Lord, maybe, Father God, we need to repent. Lord, we've tried to form those things that we thought You said. We've tried to bring those things to pass and make them happen. And Lord, as the potter, You just want to start all over again with us. As the potter, You just want to, Lord, even shape us and mould us, Lord, and, and bake us. And Lord, sometimes those, Lord, your work in our lives, it's so hard when you want to reshape us and remould us into something that we haven't seen or something that we haven't thought. But Lord, thank you. Your thoughts and your ways are higher than our thoughts and our ways. And Lord, you want to bring them to pass. You want to bring your word to pass. Just as the rain comes and waters the earth and it does not return to the heavens void, so your word, Lord, will not return to you void. All you ask, Lord, is that we rend our hearts before you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe God wants to blow afresh upon your life as even Ezekiel was told. Speak to the wind, speak to the four corners of the earth. And I will, even as God reformed these bones and brought sinews and flesh, and so His breath wanted to enter these, these people, this vast army that was, had been recreated in Ezekiel's vision. So God wants to reform and recreate the broken pieces into that which He's purposed, and He wants to blow upon it and cause it to rise and resurrect into new life. The new life of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just stand this morning? I'd love to pray for you this morning and ask the team to come and pray. If that word is spoken to you this morning, all you see 
in your life is broken pieces. All you see is a word in the past that has been seemingly let go. I just ask that you come forward. Let's just agree together this morning as we sing this song and just as we ask God to regenerate and recreate that which once was. That which was His Word spoken maybe many, many years ago. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before we do that, is there anybody here this morning? I just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Is there anybody here this morning? You don't know God. You don't know Jesus, His Son. You don't know His Word. You don't know His creative force. Anybody this morning, you want to meet God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father, the only truth about the Father, and the only life of the Father. For anybody this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus and come to God in relationship because God waits for you. Maybe there's somebody else here this morning. It's been many years before you walked the ways of God and you thought the thoughts of God. And you want to return. God says, I will return and I will repay the years that the locust has eaten. For anybody this morning, for the first time, wants to come to Jesus, the Son of God. Anybody this morning wants to come back into that relationship. Just raise your hand as every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we sing this song this morning, you just come forward if that word is spoken to you. God wants to repay the years that the locust has eaten. Thanks, Dale. Just take that. Thanks, Kate. Can we sing that song, that last song, the word about the word and thank you, Lord. Word and creation in that song.